0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Yellow Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Juliet Marhofer Duggar, and I am so thrilled today to dive into this dialogue with an incredible producer, singer, songwriter, Brett Edmiston. So let's dive into his story of resilience, his creative process, and the rhythms in his life he considers non-negotiable to create his best life yet. Brett, we are so excited that you're with us today and honored, Welcome to the Yellow Soul podcast.
1: Hello, hello. Good morning.
0: It's so good to Ready? see your face because I've just been listening to your music every single day. <laughs> really?
1: What?
0: So funny story, my my youngest kid, she's 13 and she said, mom, don't you put on day list on Spotify because I, I listen to an insane amount of music and all different genres and uh, you know, old school and modern and whatever. And I said, no, but I will. And so that is actually how I discovered your music. And the wow. song that in that particular day list was I Miss You.
1: Whoa, what? Okay. And I
0: was so captivated. And then I had it on my Bluetooth speaker and I was like, man, I have to listen to this guy in my ears so I put my pods in and I just start crying and I'm like okay and so then I went to your profile and I started looking at a little bit about you right on Spotify and then I just was like (laughs) there was there was just so many pieces just in your short bio that resonated with me And then I saw you, I think it was a reel that you had posted, and it was about overdosing. And then I've come to learn how passionate you are about utilizing your platform to talk about suicide. And that's a part of my story. Wow. And also, as I, I had emailed you that I have a heartbeat for artists, because for me as an author... I see it in artists and I'm like, we're, we're both storytellers. I believe human beings are. And your music is, it just, it carried so much healing to my soul. I mean, really listening to, I miss you. Oh Abba, and then like you which has over 8 you know over 800,000 streams on Spotify. Yeah. It's amazing. So I could go on but that's just that's just my introduction to why I reached out to you. Like I after that night instantly the very next day I was like I I have to talk to this guy. Like I need to know I need to know his story.
1: Wow. Yeah, you know? I'm
2: honored. Oh my god. It's crazy that I miss you was the uh first song that you found because that's like it's a very niche song. So I'm honored that that was the uh, the first one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you for what you said. Yeah, I mean, I want to use music to give hope to people. For so long, didn't have hope, and I didn't know what, what my purpose came from, and so that's where I had a huge depression for a very long time. Um, but it wasn't. It was until I found my purpose that I realized that, oh wow, I am not depressed anymore, and this is possible mm-hmm. for other people. Um, and so that's really why I do this whole music thing, because I want to see depression and suicide leave, um, and kids especially. So, yeah. yeah.
0: And so meta that means purpose. How did you, how did you determine that you wanted that to be your alias name?
2: Hmm. I don't know. It just kind of came up to, to mind when I was, uh, I think 16 and I just ran with it since, um, I originally was just trying to find a word that means purpose and it derives from a word, uh, meta, but it's spelled differently. So it's M E T A and it's in Belarusian. Um, Mm. and so I decided to, uh, change the spelling, uh, around 16 and, and I've stuck with it since I got a tattoo, I think two years ago and I just really like it. I, I, it's just just something that I've stuck with for a very long time. I don't really have a super deep reason why.
0: I love that. Well, I have a tattoo on my left arm, and it's his beloved.
1: Oh wow! That's
0: yeah, awesome. for what I went, what I went through in my adult life, and then also in my in my childhood due to the trauma, and then God rescuing me in the middle, uh, in the middle of of my story in my life. But I want to talk more about well, your real that you talked about. You said that you had cried out to God in the middle of overdosing. Am I getting that story right?
1: Yep. That's correct. Can
0: we go there?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So I have wanted to do music, like I said, since I was 15, 16. And I remember when I graduated high school, I was going to college and I hated it. And so I decided to drop out first month in, which was very against the culture um, in Alabama. Um, And so I told everyone around me, including my, my family, I said, I'm dropping out of college and I'm pursuing music. And I remember uh, everyone was really confused, um, but I did it anyways. And so that really began this rogue lifestyle where where or isolating lifestyle where I did what I wanted to do. And I was really dealing with a rebellion um, from church hurt. And I don't know, just all the things I've been taught. I'm like, I don't want to be a part of that. Um, and I remember at the end of, uh, 2019, I decided I'm going to move to New York city at the beginning of 2020. And so I decided to send it and just go to New York city, uh, March 1st. And if you remember correctly, uh, COVID hit around, um, I think it was like halfway through March. And yeah. so I, go and move in with my sister who lives there and she's she has a music career that that she's she at the time she was doing with the orchestra and then I was trying to build a music career doing um, uh, producing and so I was like I'm gonna be the next big thing and I'm like I don't like my my parents I don't like my family I don't like my friends like they they don't deserve to be in my life and I'm gonna prove them wrong all these things because I've just been carrying so much hurt yeah, I was. Just, I just had a lot of hurt that I didn't really deal with, and, and to cope with it, I was trying to be successful to prove people wrong and and kind of just like I numb the pain because I assumed that once I got successful, then I don't know, I everyone would apologize or something. I don't. I don't really know what I was truly really looking for to be honest. Like, I, it was just. It was just bad. And um, me, and my sister, we we had a lot of arguments um, as soon as COVID hit. Um, because we were stuck in this, this apartment for two weeks straight at the time we were convinced that if you go outside, you're dying, <laughs> you know,
1: like,
0: yeah, it was, it was, awful. Right. yes, I remember. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, what we heard is that there were trucks with, with, um, bodies like loaded on these trucks going through New York city, picking, picking up people that like were, were, were dying from COVID. And so we're like, what, you know? And so we're, we're stuck in this, in this building. And, uh, and I don't know, for, I think my, my, uh, just brain went crazy being stuck in a building for so long. I, I remember in particular, I was literally dreaming of nature. Um, but I went through this, this depression lower than I've ever gone and deeper than I've ever gone. And, and, uh, and I would argue with my sister and, and it got really bad. Um, long story short, there was a lot of family drama. My my parents, I call my parents and I'm like, hey, I, I don't I don't think I can do this anymore. I have I have pretty loving parents and so they, they decided to come drive up and, and pick me up and and so I hop in the car and then my sister decides to hop in the car with me and this progressed into this whole long family family argument. I can't really go into detail, but there was there was a lot of stuff that was personally going on in my life that i was being accused of and i ended up getting back to the house and uh i go to i end up the next day going to my friend to just escape out of the house and i tell him i'm like bro this this is what happened my family all this stuff this is in alabama at this point and uh he's he's like no worries bro we're gonna get you um the highest you've ever gotten And so I'm like, okay, this is, this is great. I'm, I'm going to escape this pain. And, Mm -hmm. um, he put this thing called shatter. And I learned that it's like, uh, extremely toxic to the body. Uh, originally Mm -hmm. I thought we were just doing, we were just smoking weed. Um, but he put, uh, it's, I think it's like the equivalent of like, butane like putting butane in your body. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, I ended up hitting that, uh, the shatter and um five minutes in I'm on the ground paralyzed um, and I start hearing voices saying um, that I'm worthless that I'm going to die that I, I disappointed my family I disappointed my friends that, that I'm a failure all these things and uh, I remember that moment uh, at the time I consider myself agnostic and so mm-hmm. but I I knew the only name that I could even really tried to call out to was jesus and so that's that's what i decided to do is call out to him and immediately that paralysis left and i was laying on the ground um really rethinking my entire life because i was like whatever this whoever this jesus guy is he definitely stopped what was going on so um, that was the i would say the beginning of uh, what led to where I'm at today there's there's a little glimpse of my story of that made sense.
0: yeah, absolutely. It makes me think of the scripture that says, when we call on his name, we will be saved. Mm-hmm. the rescue that he came for you that day, that defining moment for you that shifted everything in your story. So you said in that moment, you you had declared that you were agnostic. And what yes. did it look like? like that moment, In terms of your experience with faith moving forward, because we haven't really gotten into your story of how tarnished faith was or how, how it became tainted for you in your life and wanting to escape that and what you grew up with. But in regards to this moving forward, what did that look like for you, your journey of faith? Because now it was yours. You had an experience that marked you like this wasn't anybody telling you, Hey, Brett, this is how you need to live. This is how we define God. This is what Jesus looks like. Like he entered your story on a personal level. Yeah. And that shifts everything. Moving forward and then also being able to heal from it sounds like what you grew up with. It was really difficult for you.
1: Yeah.
2: I think this was this was the turning point for me um, of understanding that the Jesus that I have been portrayed growing up wasn't the actual Jesus. Um I didn't know I didn't know that he was relational. I didn't know that he was willing to meet me where I was at. And when I truly began to really understand that, I wanted I wanted to do anything to have him in my life. Um I just didn't get that. I didn't I wasn't really portrayed that well. I mean, I was portrayed that well with maybe like three or four people in my life before then, but at the time, like growing up, I was in what's considered the Bible Belt. And so it was required to go to church, really, like everyone went to church. And so it's like, if you're not going to church, what are you doing? And and really, if you you question otherwise, like your beliefs, it was really odd, really, really odd for you to question your beliefs. When I really like I'm a I love asking questions. And so I'm sitting here like there's no way like this this is real, what you guys are saying, because this doesn't sound fun at all. Like this is really awful and just depressing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the way you're yeah. explaining the way you're explaining this is like you're talking to a dead god and and he doesn't mm. really care, care about you. And that's I still hold to that belief. Like what I what I was really portrayed was was a dead god. And uh mm. what I really learned in that that year. Is that God isn't dead. He's in a, He's alive and he, He's active and He cares mm-hmm. about me and wants to be close to me. Yeah, that's that was the turning point for me and and uh, I think at the next month I actually ended up giving my life to Jesus. And so uh, because I was just evaluating and I was like, I might as well, you know, <laughs> like you, you did good.
0: you did rescue me from from dying and being paralyzed. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> Yeah, let's go, Jesus.
2: Yeah, it seems like you actually care for me. Like, oh, okay, you know, might as well. He's like, bro, what else
1: do you need? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So,
2: um, yeah, that that was that was really like the turning point decision for me, where I was like, like, okay, yeah, what what else? What else am I going to do at this point? There's nothing else that satisfies.
0: Wow. So after that did it, what did it look like in terms of you reaching for ways to cope in your life? Because you and I both know that you, you walk with Jesus long enough to know that it's not, you know, if trials show up, it's when. And so it's like, that's never ending. But what shifts and changes is that we can have peace and in the middle of all the chaos that's going on moving forward and rewriting your story and choosing to see the goodness of God really in your life working because of what you had come from. And then you have this traumatic, incredible experience encountering Jesus Christ for yourself. A month later, you're like, let's do this. I want to commit my life to you, Jesus. I give you my life. And then you, but you, you know, a month before that you had said, Hey, yeah, get me high being able to cope and then say, I don't want to just get free, but God, what does it look like for me to stay free? Mm. Because I see that for people because they, sometimes we exchange one way that we cope for another. So how did that just walking that out? Can you, can you take us there?
2: Mm. Yeah. Uh, weed was, was like immediate. I immediately got free from that. Um, but in terms of I'd say my progression of really everything else. (laughs) It took me forever to get free from stuff. Yeah. Uh like for example, I I really don't think I understand freedom, understood freedom on shame in my life until maybe like six months ago. (laughs) You know? Uh stuff like that. Like it's like, how do I still deal with that? You know? Um, but I think the the progression uh, finding that freedom is is really understanding that he like Jesus actually wants to meet you in every every part of your life um yeah at the time I just thought it was like these surface level things but as the years have gone on it feels like he's just going deeper and deeper uh with with my soul where I'm like I didn't realize I was lacking freedom in that but he's just m- going even more and like okay let's 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 figure out this side of you that you didn't even realize that you dealt with, and uh, really meet you there, and and how that happens, I honestly I can't really explain it. Like I just find out about these things that I deal with like uh, randomly, and the Lord just meets me there every time. Um, and I think the beauty of it is is He's just waiting for for a heart that's that's willing, um, and when I really sit down and I'm like, Lord, I just I just want Your heart towards me. Um, I really meet his love in in those areas that I, um, yeah, like I said, I'm dealing with, I I can go more into the shame, um, the shame part of my life. I grew up um, just like in in a shame culture. And I think actually most people do where it's like, if I made one mistake, I thought God hated me Um, because Mm -hmm. whenever I made one mistake, um for example my parents they they dealt with shame and so whenever they made a mistake they would beat themselves up and dealt with self-hatred um but every time i deal with a mistake i understand that the lord is actually like so patient with me and that's what i'm still i think i'm still understanding that but my initial reaction is to really beat myself up and, and hate myself um I, I even heard I felt like I heard from God two weeks ago where he said, You still don't understand that I truly love you. Um, you still are dealing with uh a, a self-hatred. Um and I was like, Wow, I guess I really am. Uh he's like he He's he's just showing me like you don't fully understand the gospel in your life. Like you, you maybe understand it from like a 50 percent, 60 percent, which is why you've seen so much freedom. But I want to take you to to 100 percent where you understand that in every part of your life to so where if you make a mistake right now, like, yes, you understand that it's a mistake, but you also understand that I'm here and I still love you. And I didn't understand that for the very long, for a very long time, even after I got saved, I was like, OK, if I if I watch pornography, for example, then he's going to going to be so disappointed in me and won't want to talk to me for weeks on end because that's how I was raised and yeah, actuality, like I'll, I'll make a mistake uh, with pornography in 2020 and and he would just still be there willing to listen. I didn't know that. And the only thing mm-hmm. that was limiting me from actually having a conversation with him was me. <laughs> it's like, what kind, <laughs> what, what kind of, what kind of love is that? You know, that's, yeah, I love
1: this. Mm.
2: Um yeah,
0: yeah, I I think we, we sit in the shame about the shame. It's not the sin itself that beats us up, it's the shame that follows because wow. the enemy of our soul just he's relentless. But it's that pales in comparison to the love of Jesus that comes for us day in and day out and I I find that we we think that God is outside of our process when God is in every detail. He's in every detail. He's in the process with us. I love how the apostle Paul says that he's confident what he started in us. He is faithful to complete. And then it says until the day of Jesus Christ, he is with us from the beginning, all the way to the end. When he says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. He actually means it right where we look at humans. And I believe that's the mistake we make is we place the love of Jesus, the love of God inside of the same box as imperfect human beings. And he's, his love is relentless to, to go after us when there's a story he knows to be rewritten in our lives. Do you feel like you can look back at your life Brett, now and begin to see God's fingerprints all the way through, even in the pain and the, and the trauma and what you endured in that growing up in that culture? Have you been able to actually look back and and reflect and see him in those places with you?
1: Absolutely.
2: I think that's actually where a lot of my healing came uh, was when I actually asked God where he was in those dark moments. And uh, the moment in particular, where I was was 13. And this was a huge turning point for me in terms of uh, me not really believing in God, because I was, it was the initial uh, part of my pain in my life, like the first times I really dealt with pain. And I asked God, uh, I think, two, three years ago, I asked him, I said, where, where were you in the middle of that? And, uh, I felt like I saw him, um, behind me, hugging me, um, crying with me. Um, and I can even go back to the moment of, of the overdose where, uh, I was on the ground and I called out to him and I felt like I saw his hand on my head praying for me. Um, and so I, I, I love that question of like where where did you, have you seen God's fingerprints when you look back and the answer is absolutely yes I, I it's crazy like it literally feels like perfect okay. <laughs> and I, I, It's I just so yeah, awesome to think about I'm like mm-hmm. whoa I, I didn't realize you were there um, yeah. I I can even think back I mean super vulnerable with you I had I had a moment um, this past weekend where I was I had one of the hardest days in a long time this uh this past sunday where i was just like it was a lot of relational stuff where i was kind of getting accused a little bit uh, from people that yeah. i'd really love and i was just like i can't believe they would even say something like that to me and i was feeling like slightly nauseous and i was as the day progressed i uh, ended up getting better and better and at the end of the day i i, I looked back on the day and i was like wow God was pursuing me the entire time like whether Mm -hmm. there there was a moment where I had this like random interaction with a friend I hadn't seen in two years uh come and and talk to me and I was like that was so random like how did that happen and I was like oh it's because God noticed I was in pain and 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 sent someone to to talk to me and then I also just like was thinking at the beginning of the the day where I, I was like just having a realization of his joy and i was like why why am i understanding his joy at a different level right now and like, again just just was processing the day and i was just seeing his fingerprint over the day and realized that even in the in the, in the small painful moments he is there and he was there that's a he's, he's such a good god so
0: yeah i love that thank you for sharing that with me it's so powerful it's not like this is a isolated to just one moment where he comes in. It's this one fell swoop in our journey of healing. No, like he never leaves our story. He is there. Like you said, he, I can go back to just this past Sunday, like, no, like this just happened that it's, and I, I feel, I feel hope in that and encouragement in that from one human to another, because we all have throughout our life experiences and throughout this pilgrimage that we will never stop seeing and finding residue. That's what I call it. The residue in our soul. God wants us healed and restored because that's what he does. He is after our healing and our restoration, and he will not stop at every opportunity to bring us closer to him and what i when I read your profile, the word that came to me is through your, I just thought, okay, as I talked to this guy, his story of resilience. And what came to me so clearly through your music and through your lyrics, and just really listening, because i can I can hear, I can hear it in your your voice as you sing, just the cry of your heart and your music. And the word that came is intimacy. Like you have cultivated. In an environment, in your soul and in your life to be intimate with him, because it's never about the gift. It's about the giver. It's about these moments that like that moment for you of overdosing, like he came for you. I often just sit there and go, the God of the universe came for you. Jesus Christ, the lover of our souls who died for humanity, when he says, I'll leave the 99 and go after the one, he means it. And then he gives us these experiences, Brett, that like, it's freaking undeniable. Nobody can, nobody can look at you and say, he's not going to come for you. And you'll be like, bro, you're wrong. Yeah. Wow. You, you'll never convince me. If you're sitting in a prison, if you're on the other side of the world, nobody will convince you that Jesus Christ will not come for you because it's undeniable. And that's what he does. He, he does that in a way and gives us these experiences that we can't explain it. It's not going to make sense. (laughs) You know, it's like, what what, what happened that in that moment you're laying there in this physical process. And he's like this, I, he has a purpose. So when you tell me that the alias is meta, which means purpose, how beautiful it just deepens the meaning. Like now, every time I see that I'm going to think of your tattoo and think of your, think of your story, take us back into, I know that that is so relatable for many people, your story of the process of what you were raised in, what you grew up in. And even though we don't know all of the, you know, we don't, the time that we have of all the different dynamics, but It sounds like the shame came front and center for you. I think what's so essential is you walking out your journey and your story. How are you able to begin to redefine your faith and your life, not based on what people modeled for you, but actually finding out who Jesus is for yourself? Like that process of, I mean, you have these encounters and that just, but, you know, I, I have, I have connected with other people that have, have some moments with Jesus that I'm like, man, that, you know, we, we look at people and we go, that's it. That's their rock bottom. That'll, that's man. They, I know they're going to change. This has to be the moment where everything shifts in their life. I'm sure you can relate to that. And you're like, It didn't like, you're like, dude, what else (laughs) do you possibly need to change your life? You know? Yes.
2: Yeah. But then like
0: for you moving forward, you have this encounter, which for you was your moment. Mm -hmm. Um. And then you, as you shared earlier, still walking that out. It's not like you have this moment. You step into the space and relationship with Jesus Christ and then shame isn't going to knock on the door of your heart. Or distrust, or self hatred, or depression, or temptation to cope apart from the love of Jesus. Like I guess that's the thing. I'm just kind of talking this through with you, but like redefining that for you in your life, clean slate. Okay, Jesus, you you aren't in the same box as humanity. You're through your surrender of coming to Him. Did you just like lay that all down and you're like, these are people, and then you're God.
2: Wow. Yeah. Uh, I really want to emphasize, I, I felt to say this even like 10 minutes ago, but yeah. uh, I really emphasize when, when people share about their testimony with the church, usually, it's always this kind of like this diss towards the church. And I by no means want, to, to want that to be what this is. I was hurt by the church um, and there were things that were really wrong. But that also comes from an idolization that I had towards leadership, where yeah. I was putting them on the pedestal of God. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, they're going to fail me. Um, yeah. And so I just really want to emphasize that. I think people listening to this could be like, oh, Maida was hurt by church. And so I'm not going to go to church, <laughs> you know, something like that.
0: No, that's beautiful, man, because you're taking responsibility, right? For yeah. I heard someone say years ago. And I, I will actually say that in my own life to people that I'm close to or just people that I encounter, well, they'll they'll start off and I'll say, whoa, whoa. Don't, don't pedestal me because I remember someone saying years ago, the higher you place me, the further I fall. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be necessarily the one that's going to fall. What it does mean is that I'm going to disappoint you. I'm going to let you down. I'm going to you know, not come through in the way that you expected me to. And then just like what you're saying, we connect that to the faithfulness of who God is through how human beings demonstrate and live their lives. And it doesn't mean that your desire or mine is to intentionally let those people around us down. Our human, our human nature is such that we are imperfect Yes. And it's going to happen, right? We have to remember who people are and who Jesus is. So I, I love that you're taking responsibility for that and saying, hey, this is what I did. You know, there was there was this that happened, but because I feel like that also sets you free, yes. like you can control those people, but you're saying, hey, this is an area for me that I felt like what I did. And so moving forward, it allows you to heal and not make that same that same choice
2: absolutely um there's a there's a bible verse it says um he forgave uh he was talking about forgiveness he was saying like he forgave others so why would he not forgive you or something along those lines where like he's forgiving others just like he forgave you um and it was all right into the churches and it was that really hit my bones where i was like oh wow God forgave me so who am i to not forgive these people that have hurt me and that's really the foundation of christianity and i think like somehow christians miss that i don't know how that's possible but really i mean it's it's the our flesh uh yeah. where jesus legitimately forgave us you know and so mm-hmm. for him to forgive each one of us is a pretty gnarly thing like it's like oh wow he actually um looked at all the things that I did wrong. And he said, Oh, I, I put that on my cross for you. Um, And so for me to basically look at a person and be like, you made this mistake and still hold that against them. I'm not living out the gospel that legitimately saved me. And so at my beginning year of giving my life to the Lord, that was the first thing he I really was basically mentored by Jesus. It was really cool. I, I told my, I told my, tell my friends about it now. And they're like, I've never heard of anything like that, <laughs> but basically I didn't really have a community at the time. And, and I mm-hmm. felt this like was, was mentoring me where he was, he was walking me through the pain that I went through and uh, in particular, my family, it was the first thing that he he walked me through. He was like, I want you to forgive your sister. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, she hasn't asked for forgiveness. <laughs> yeah. And he's yeah. like he's like teaching me how to <laughs> forgive someone that that doesn't deserve it. Uh because yeah. he was like you she didn't deserve it, but you also didn't deserve the forgiveness I gave you, you know? And so uh that was a really beautiful thing and I think that's what started my process of finally letting the church uh really into my life. Um mm. and man, I mean to give you a just real quick, this is a little little off topic, but with the church in particular, I have the past three years I've gone through a lots of hurt with the church, um, mm-hmm. but I know I don't put them on that pedestal, and I know that a lot of my growth is because of the church, and I think uh, really the downfall of of Christianity right now is uh, people um, just getting really upset at the church and and moving on from church and never letting them into their life again which the yeah. church really is the, uh, the, the blueprint um, that the Lord gave in the Bible for people to actively yes. live in freedom and also see uh, freedom come to the world. And so if that's the blueprint, I want to follow it, whether I get hurt or not.
0: Absolutely. Um, yes. So, yeah. It's so good. He teaches us, I mean, through the local church in our community, yeah, the love of God and and what He teaches us, I a hundred percent agree with you. And you know, when you when you're coming into that that space and that environment within the local church, building relationships and and I can only imagine the weight that that carries and holds for you because of your experience of what you're sharing that you that you grew up with and and in the midst of you taking responsibility for the pedestaling and idolizing, as you said earlier, but to be able to step back inside of that community, um, what led you to be able to do that? What was the process like for you? At what point did you start to say, I, I need community because we can, we can become isolated without that which is so crucial and so dangerous for our well-being, right? Like spirit, soul and body, heart, mind and will. How did you navigate that in your own life? What did God do? <laughs> did he give you another experience? <laughs>
2: I I'm a pretty <laughs> this is so funny. I'm honestly when I really look back at my life, I'm like I'm a pretty crazy person. Um so <laughs> I the, the first year I This this is just just such a funny story, but I I uh, was in Alabama and I noticed I was a little isolated and people didn't really understand what I was believing and what I was going after. And then on top of that, going after like uh, a music career Um, at the time, I was I was building uh, like a TikTok and so doing like I was doing spoken word at the time. Um, Yes, and uh, I meet this girl uh in San Diego. And so I end up getting closer with her and visiting her in San Diego. Um long story short, I end up moving to San Diego uh the beginning of uh 2021 and the week that I move, uh we break up. <laughs> yeah, so
0: <laughs> Okay, uh, so when I said you had an experience, you're like, "Yeah."
2: <laughs> yeah, so uh yeah, it it, it was, we were really close. So it felt like, uh, mm-hmm. when I, I mean, this is a pretty gnarly statement, but it felt like what I imagine a divorce feeling like it was just insane to mm-hmm. me. Um, and, uh, my friend, so I, I moved in with my friend. Um, I met him in New York city. Uh, he decided to move in with me. And so he was the only, he was the only person I had. Um, yeah.
1: and
2: I was, was, really laying in bed from the the depression and, and and grief from this relationship. And I had no one, I, I couldn't really talk to him either because we weren't really close. And so mm. the, in this moment, I was like, I seriously don't really have a community that that is godly. And so I'm going to have to make a change to this. And wow. so that really started uh, my life with the church re- deeply. Um, I went to this church um, in San Diego and they had a a prayer line afterwards where they're like, if you you need prayer, come up. And I went up to this one guy and I just cried. I just Mm -hmm. cried. Um, And he was like, hey, how about we get coffee? And that was the um, really the first time that the Lord uh, just taught me that people actually want to pour into me. Uh, every week he would he would he would meet up with me and uh I, I didn't realize that there were people out there at the time that would love me without looking for an exchange like he seriously wasn't looking for anything he just wanted to to give me the time of day uh, just because he he had the love of jesus inside of him and um i got a lot of freedom from that moment and i yeah. i really began to understand that if I'm away from the church, then I'm not living um, the true godly life that I believe he wants me to live. And so um, uh, from that point on, I was just, I, am I, there's no, no question. I, I'm going to have to be deeply rooted at, at a church at some, like in some capacity.
0: Incredible. I love that. Yeah. Because we can, we can live a life unto ourselves and there's no one around us to champion us to encourage us to challenge us right to to help us think differently to gain perspective and clarity and, and just have fun you know friendships relationships i mean all of all of that it just changes everything when we when we stay connected to our community and build those thriving relationships and the inspiration i mean for you as a producer as a singer as a songwriter what is that like for you being around and being in relationship inside that community in terms of being able to write?
2: Oh, that's a, I've never been asked that. Uh, (laughs) I I've had like challenges actually with the church in particular with my creativity. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a very abnormal calling. um, And I think from first glance, people are kind of confused um sometimes with my with my art I think they everyone originally treated my art as a hobby when I knew it was it was like something that the Lord was telling me to take very serious and Mm -hmm. I'd say literally probably until three or four months ago was the point that I like people really started to take me serious with my art um and so I would say that in terms of like my relationship with church and creativity and how they respond to it. I've been, I've been supported with, in it, but not, not to the amount that I am now. Um, and that was a challenge because I think, I don't know. I, I think the church can lack, uh, the drive in terms of creativity. I, I think that's just such like an abnormal thing where they're like, like, Oh, God's actually wanting to use creativity. Um, but, thankfully i'm in la and so la it's not super like crazy for someone to be called to art but even then like i still felt a little bit of resistance being like oh yeah i'm like doing this full time um so uh that being said it's it's been cool the lord's been providing me really cool people beside me recently especially that um are on the same page as me and they're they're part of the Mm -hmm. church and uh And we've been been able to run together and just like process, like, and really refine each other of like, okay, this is, this is what we're going after. Like, how do we live a fully surrendered life in the midst of a secular industry? Um,
0: I love that. I love that you stayed the path and then you, you, you gained those relationships, right? Because you could have like hightailed and been like, you know what, forget this. Like it's, it's, again, it's not what I thought that it was going to be. And you kept surrendering that and kept showing up. And now you have these relationships that you're like, man, this is good. Like you just said, we're refining one another. We find common ground, our interest. We can spur one another on and challenge each other. I love that breath. That's so, that's so beautiful. So good. It changes everything, right? When you're in a relationship with people that, that get you. And even if you don't do the same things, as long as like, we're seeking to understand one another, I just feel like that lends itself to a lot of beauty and being able to create. And it speaks a lot to your maturity and your growth. And I what came to me as you were talking, I was like, man, God, you keep giving this guy a lot of opportunities to forgive. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, again, God, again. But I think about like, You know, when we think of the church, that it's not about the four walls because we are the church, like we are, the word of God tells us that we are the bride of Christ. And so thinking about us as the church and ourselves as a, as family and as brothers and sisters in Christ, looking at what you went through with your sibling Right, your sister, your biological sister—not a spiritual sister, but your flesh and blood—and the challenges that that you had. What does it look like for you? Your upbringing, and then your experiences and family dynamics, and then also being within a community. And there's still going to be hurt. There's still going to be pain, and in the middle of that, you continue to grow and heal and transform your life. What have boundaries looked like for you in your life through forgiveness? Because something that I, I wrote in my book is forgiveness isn't asking you to remove your boundaries. So we see forgiveness and we think, Oh, we're just going to go back to the way things were right. Yep. And that's a moment for us to, confront what has been happening and like not live in denial about the dynamics and those relationships and what's, what's happened. And then, and I think with, I, I, I feel like in my own life and also within the relationships I have boundaries within family lines can be the most difficult. <clears throat> yeah. Truly can be the most difficult. Um, yeah. What's that look like for you in your life as you've weathered some of these storms and and the relationships in your family and then also your spiritual family and your community?
2: I mean, yeah, I mean, that's been a huge challenge. This conversation in particular is the boundaries. I remember when I when I forgave my family, I thought that I was just supposed to pull them in entirely all over again. And Mm -hmm. I got actually hurt again
1: (laughs) from pulling them in
2: fully. And yeah, I I learned a huge lesson after that, where I was like, okay, I need to really ask God his perspective on, on each situation. Um, Mm. so I, even recently there's someone that I forgave and, and the Lord told me that, um, this is, this is going to be a relationship that I should have at like a arm's length distance Mm. and actually been super healthy. Like we've had some really cool conversations, but there's actually times where I've been asked questions by this person and, and I just feel God telling me, you don't have to go deep into that question. Like you don't have to, you don't have to really get super personal uh, in certain areas. And so I think really the, uh, the basis of, or, or the, the, the answer to your question in my life that I've, that I've found is, is just um, on a, on a uh, situational, uh, what it was the word? it's very situational and just asking the Holy Spirit to, um, to speak to us, uh depending on the situation. Uh, that's, that's really my answer to, to the
1: question.
0: Yeah, no, that's so good. Yeah. Reconciliation and forgiveness. It's, you know, those are, those are difficult conversations because I grew up hearing the scripture Well, we're ministers of reconciliation and that in the, in the the pathway of forgiveness and and reconciling is that even if someone has abused you, even if someone has violated you or, you know, maybe not physically, but, you know, mentally, spiritually looking at those different, different ways and interruptions in our lives that I was, I was taught, this is what you do that not only do you not only do you forgive your offender, but you befriend them. You stay in relationship with them. And that's so detrimental. You know, yeah. the what that carries for the individual, because there's the shame, right? The shame that's associated with that. And that you just believe that you're not a good Christian and that you're not doing what Jesus would want you to do. And this is what, what Jesus would do. And I remember someone years later saying, hold on. <laughs> is this the same Jesus that turned the tables over? And I'm like, Oh yeah. Is this the same God that talks about God's decree? And it's, yeah, I remember someone saying to me recently, Juliet, God is not mocked. What a man sows he reaps. And we're not projecting that you want something bad to happen to that individual. What we are identifying is that God is who he says he is humans oftentimes aren't who they say they are, right? Their actions don't match what they say. And then there's God. And you always go back to that, that he's He's it, right? He's our standard. He's everything, his scriptures, that that's what everything flows through. And when that becomes the standard in our lives, and that becomes the filter, that becomes the lens, everything shifts. And that's what I hear in your life. I want to talk about your music the encounters that you've had and these life experiences, how has that shaped your producing, singing, songwriting, your collaborations? How has that shaped or redefined what that's looked like for you? Because I remember you said 15, 16-ish, that's when this desire, right? Were you already, I don't want to minimize that at 15 or 16, but is dabbling the right word Were you kind of like scratching the surface a little bit with music or had you already been immersed in that at that point?
2: Uh, I think fifth into 15, I, I had the shot the shift where I was like, I need to fully go after this. And so, um, wow. it started out as a hobby, but mm-hmm. I, I was like, I have nothing else I want to do. And so I might as well just do it. And so I like, went into deep research with uh learning how to produce and at the time really up until last year i thought i was going to be an edm producer um mm. and uh <laughs> that, that, that's why at the beginning of this call you said i miss you was was the first song you came came up on yeah. at, the, at the time that song was it was an example of like oh i'm going to become an edm producer and i'm going to have different singers on the on my songs and and mm. and that song was, was an example of that. Um, but the Lord really, uh, last year he honed in on me. He was like, Hey, I gave you a voice for a reason. Um, I want you to use it. And so, yeah. um, now I, I'm, i put it on every song. Um, uh, but anyways, it's, it's actually really funny. Um, I don't know. If a, a lot of people outside of the creative, creative world know this, but there's a huge lie in the creative sphere that, uh, like when you let God into your creative life, it's going to be very dead and and, and boring and just not alive. Uh, it I don't know, just not lively at all. Um, and that's exactly what I dealt with, where I was like, OK, if I'm giving my life to Jesus, my my creativity is probably going to be pretty boring and stale. Uh, but in actuality, what's what's really happened is the Lord. <laughs> working with God is like a like a like a cheat on on music. Like I Amazing. that song that song like you came out in two hours, and that was just a progression from my soul of like the Lord just working with me and creating that song with me. Versus before I was saved, I you know had to go through this like whole cycle of like depression and stuff to really hone in those emotions. Um, after like two weeks or something and i would finally be able to write write that song that meant something to me but now mm-hmm. i can access the creator of the universe to create with me it's like he created he created me so so i'm assuming he he probably has a lot of uh experience in in creativity you know
0: yeah <laughs> yeah it's like oh that's a that's a really that's a righteous epiphany. It's like, okay, yeah, let's roll with that one. That's amazing. I love that so much. It's like, again, whatever process it is, our healing, our creating, God is not outside of that with us. Like he is in every piece of it. And when I was when I was thinking about our conversation today, I had written down something and I was like, yeah, what came to me about you and your music and like just bits and pieces from your bio that I read and then watching some of your reels that you've been doing um, recently is this, you decided to yourself, I'm going to embrace you instead of attempting to escape you. Like I felt like you turned around, Brett, and you looked at your soul and you said, I'm going to embrace you for the first time, maybe in my life, instead of numbing myself, coping, turning to false lovers, turning to things that just don't satisfy me. I'm going to sit with my soul. And if I embrace you, if I do that, then I won't, I won't keep attempting to escape you anymore. And you created space in your life for your soul to heal, for you to, to live a life of surrender. You know, that's not just like a a one-time decision to, Hey, I'm just going to surrender today. That's living, living in a state of surrender is our access to living a life of freedom. I truly believe that. And that comes out in your, in your music. And that's a song like you, where was Where did you draw inspiration for that song? Because that is that your, is that your number one stream song right now on Spotify, it's tipping more towards 900,000 streams and 800,000. So what was the inspiration and the creativity on that?
2: I talk about surrender. I had a pride in terms of my music with becoming an EDM producer. Um, I have, (laughs) this is so so weird. I I have like this niche music taste, or I I did for a very long time. And I had this pride with being like this unique, like um, just really talented musician and, Halfway through the year last year, the Lord was like, "You're not fully yielded in terms of um, your cre- your creativity with me, because you think that like you're really putting me in a box, Brad. Like this is what I felt like it was it was telling me. Wow. <clears throat> and I just had a moment where I was like, God, I trust your creative vision for what I'm doing um, mm-hmm. rather than my own creative vision." and so i i laid down my preferences and that's what births uh like you where the first time i i decided to make this whole like edm crazy track and and just made like a very stripped down just me on guitar and singing and it really like it's it's my number one song it's so funny uh we're like that, <laughs> <this> song... <laughs> Yeah, God's it's like,
0: like, I'm gonna show you the results of this.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, okay, maybe I should just be yielded in every every song I make, and so
0: maybe, maybe, okay, whatever. <laughs>
2: yeah, so that, song, that song that it came out of, like, I kind of mm-hmm. I was uh, like I was a small relationship, and and it wasn't like super deep, but it it kind of hurt me when when we were like when we were done because she ended up moving away. And I was just processing with God about satisfaction, and I was like, "Where does like at the end of the day, like I don't need this girl in my life. Like I, I'm I'm sad about it, which is totally fine, but I I don't need this girl in my life. She she's not my source of satisfaction. And I was just really processing that with God, and and I was like, I need to make this into a song somehow. Where I was like, there, where else can I run to? Who who will love me? like you and better better than you like this girl is only is only just a human but you god the love that you give me is insane and so i i thought i had to put it somehow into a song and that's that's how like you came out super simple song and it's my number one song it's mad it's so funny so
0: <laughs> oh i love the story i love the history of that Wow. That's amazing. Okay. So did I see right that in a couple of days on the 19th, you're releasing an album?
2: Yes, I am.
0: (gasps) Congratulations. That's amazing. How exciting.
2: A lot of the, I think maybe like four songs people don't actually even know about. And so it's like all my old stuff. And so uh, that's that half of, half of it's uh, old and then the other half of it's new. And uh, I've been working on this album for four years now on and off and so this is uh definitely a uh pretty crazy feeling to to have this finally out um because i've just been writing the story and and originally i I made an album uh three years ago and and it sucked and i was like i gotta i gotta go back to the drawing board and um you know after going through all the 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 inner healing that i went through i'm now at was able to to really finish this album and give it a new like deeper perspective that I've never had, and it's just the perfect timing of God, where uh, mm-hmm. this album that I, I I thought I would have released three years ago, it wouldn't have been as beautiful as it is now, uh, going through mm-hmm. what I went through. So um, that's amazing. Yeah,
1: I'm,
2: I'm really stoked. I, I really felt like I was able to hone in on the emotions that never never had never was able to before, um, up until this. Um, and so, yeah, it's, I'm really
1: stoked.
0: I'm stoked too. I can't wait. Okay. So I want to know for you as an artist in the process, what, what does that look like for you when you hit a wall? Like if you feel like you hit, um, a wall mentally, uh, does, does the creative process, Like, how do you, how do you break through that? How do you come back to the drawing board? What is that? You know, if you, if you're sitting, sitting in that moment and you get super emotional, do you give into that? Like now in your, in your process, do you lean into that? Or do you just, do you feel like I just got to press through and just, and just keep going? Like what, how has that shifted for you throughout the years?
2: Well, first of all, with, with writer's block in particular, uh, I still experience it on some capacity, but I think it actually is kind of like a um did anything, honestly, um, whenever mm-hmm. I have writer's block. I think really any creative, when they have writer's block, I would argue that it's an identity thing as a Christian. I mean, as a non-Christian, sure, but that's a whole different conversation. Um, yeah. as a Christian, I, uh, I was dealing with, writer's block even last week where i had no idea um because i have this album finishing and i have a team that, that i'm working with and you know they're like okay we're finishing this album now let's let's work on the next thing you know it's and that that's exactly yeah. where that's exactly where yeah. I'm, I'm on the same page but i'm just like okay wow this is like i four years i've been working on a project that i knew exactly what the blueprint was and now i'm i really am creating a whole new blueprint and it's like all right, this is this is this is new for me. And uh I had a I had writer's block in that moment and I was I kind of went through this like high stress uh moment where I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to, to one up what I've already created, all this stuff. And uh <clears throat> it was a really ch- I, I just had a really hard conversation with God of like a check on my heart of like uh just these false expectations that I was putting on myself and And really, um, again, the identity wasn't in the Lord. It was it was in everything else but the Lord. And when I finally yielded that to God, where I was like, Lord, you know, I trust that I can hear your voice and I trust you want to create create with me. But it seems like there's like a a blockage between that your voice and and what I'm doing. And so I'm just going to lay down my preferences and trust that you're going to speak to me right now. And immediately, I had an idea that I'm going to be able to run with for the next year. Um, wow! And so, like in terms mm. of it goes goes back to um, what I was saying earlier of like with Jesus to, to create a process is one of the most beautiful things in the world. When we when we remove him out of that, it really is hard. Um, and that's exactly what I was doing last week was was removing him out of the picture of my creative process. And, and when he, when he, he wants to be let in, in every yeah. corner of our lives, you know? And so when, when I let him in to that that side, he ignites it and makes it this really beautiful thing.
1: Um, mm.
2: Yeah.
0: Love that. Yeah. His like, he wants, he wants to satisfy the desperation in us and he waits. It's like, I find in my life, like God, you're allowing this to get really uncomfortable. He's like, well, cause you need more of me, <laughs> you know, like you need more of me, like, let your, let your desperation meet my love and, and invite me in like, I want to come into that space. And, and he waits because he wants it. He wants it to be a moment for us again of intimacy of drawing us deeper, deeper into relationship with him. What, what do the rhythms look like in your life that you feel help you to have that longevity now in your life with, with Jesus Christ and with God, what are your just natural rhythms that you have that over the course of the last few years, right? Because you said it's been, this album's been in process for four years. And then you talked about 2020, 2021, and still working through relational dynamics. So what does that look like for you? Getting to know yourself, while also getting to know Jesus Christ for yourself, and those daily rhythms for you that have helped you to live a life of of creativity and sustainability with Him.
1: Uh,
2: this is a great question. I would say the the best time ever is right now to be asked this question for me because I am the busiest I've ever been in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, where I have uh, ministry that I'm 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 leading a ministry. A house church ministry um in la and then at the same time i'm i also have a job that's uh once a week and then on top of that i have a team a, a label like having these it's good expectations on, on, on yeah. me as an artist. and then there's me there's there's my relationship with god you know um and then on top of that i'm i'm i have friends and and you know family and and all this stuff it's like oh my gosh i got all on my plate and i feel the lord even told me i I have capacity for even more and so i'm like okay Mm -hmm. this this is really interesting How, how am i supposed to prioritize this relationship with you god and he's really taught me that as soon as i wake up you know going on a walk and and really just just whenever i um just wake up and, 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 and feeling things, just being completely honest with them being like, Hey, I, I don't really like this person today. Or, you know, I'm kind of upset at uh, what's going on in my life today. And like just being completely honest with God, I think has been a really life-changing thing for me and, and um, just talking to him, like he's my best friend. um, Mm -hmm. That's been huge. And then also, um, throughout the day, there's things that come up in my heart and, and really just taking a moment to worship. Uh, I think it's been a huge um, uh, oh, no. thing for me where I'm like, mm. again, I'm, I'm, I'm not super perfect on this um, and I'm still working on this, but uh, when those heart things come up, uh, yeah, just, just going into worship can really silence those lies that are, yeah. are coming against me. And, uh, so I'd say those are, those are two things that have been really helpful for me is just, just getting up and also just prioritizing them throughout the day.
0: Okay. I have to just pause for a moment with you because you said going into worship silences those lies. Yes. (laughs) And we did the whole podcast just for you to say that. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. That's so good. Going into worship silences those lies like we can like in that moment, Brett, right? It's a choice. It's a choice. Like those, those lies are going to come probably every single day. I mean, I don't know about you, but human to human, there's not a day that goes by in my life that there's not a lie presented to my heart where I have to confront it and be like, no, (laughs) no. And I love that just the, the worship, what comes to me is a scripture that I think about in that moment for you, that the scripture says that we put on the garment of praise to lift off the spirit of heaviness. And I know, I know like we all as children of God and sons and daughters, like, yes, we are, but you are like, that's what he's called you to do is to lead others into that space. And like, I just picture when you're saying that to silence those lies, I just picture that like Psalm 91, one says that when we dwell, which actually means to remain in the secret place, that it's not a physical dwelling, but it's a place that, that we inhabit, right? Like, like God is there. He's with us. And I just picture you in that moment, like in your spirit like you are you are wrapping that garment around you that shields and that protects your your mind right yeah. like your mind your mental health being able to confront that and being able to expose it immediately and not not letting it linger so i just see i just see you in that moment like you're you're wrap you're choosing I always go back to that scripture because it says put on. And I think in that very moment, like when I ask you about the rhythms in your life, these are all choices that you're making. Like your eyes open, you're laying in bed, your eyes open. And you're like, this is what I, this is what I do. It sets my day up. So do you feel like walking and getting out, having those moments, silencing the lies with your, with your worship? Do you feel like for you, like, are those some non-negotiables? yes in your life yeah
2: i i i'm not perfect with having a perfect rhythm and I'm, I'm definitely i'd say that's probably the biggest thing that the lord's really working on me right now is that rhythm of life because i'm my life is very inconsistent right now in terms of scheduling um yeah. but uh like even today like um I, I i can't move forward um throughout the day if, if i'm not you know, starting, starting, I, 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 my day, my days are focused on the ministry that he's given me. Like my, my whole life is really ministry now. And so it's like, how am I supposed to live a life ministry if I'm not spending time with him? You know? And so, and so that's how I look at my, (laughs) look at my music where I'm like, I'm making music for you, God. And if I'm not spending time with you, I'm really doing a disservice to uh, what you've called me to. And, uh, Mm -hmm. I, I would even say that's really like just just something for every Christian. We're we're all called to, to something, and so if if we're doing that thing for Him, it's like, man, I, I want Him to be a part of what He's calling me to do, so that I can so I can tell people about Him, you know. And so, yeah, um, yeah it, it is a non-negotiable for sure.
0: When you have those moments where you feel t- something tugging at your mental health or anxiety or depression, because you, you've highlighted depression quite a bit that when, when you worship and you're silencing those lies, what, what else for you also brings you like you're worshiping, what are some, what are some other steps that you take in your life to, to prevent that, like to, to help as much as you can to help prevent that from putting you into, into a spiral.
2: To give you a very practical, um, powerful thing that has really changed my life recently. When the, Mm -hmm. when lies come up is communion. Um, I, I, when, when I'm dealing with those lies, I will pull out communion and I will declare the body and blood of Jesus over my life and that it's powerful enough to break off anything that's going on in my brain. Cause in reality, the gospel is powerful enough to do that. And so yes. I, when I take communion, I'm reminding myself of who Jesus is in my life. And so mm-hmm. um, uh, to give, to, to make it practical as well. An, another example, and this also applies to communion is repentance. And I really just search heart with god of like okay god why don't why am i feeling this way it goes back to the writer writer's block thing like okay why do i feel this way oh it's because i'm putting my identity and what people think of me okay uh god I, I i repent for putting putting um people's thoughts of me above your thoughts towards me um and i just ask that you come into my life and replace those lies with your truth that you are the one that actually uh uh leads my life and and I declare that you're going to lead my life um today in this moment and right after that I feel great and you know I I always you know seem to those lies seem to go away pretty quickly um and so yeah just talking to Jesus and and reminding myself of who Jesus is in my life has always been a very uh uh life-changing thing for me
0: yeah, same. I mean, that resonates. I love that. Brett. That's amazing. And it also, it reminds us, I go back to, it, it keeps in front of us, our need, you know, our need for him. And that in the, in the middle of what we are walking out and what we're walking through, that he is, um, you know, he's the author and finisher of our faith. You know, he is the beginning and the end. And he's with us in the process and the in-between in the middle. Like, man, he just never leaves. He never leaves us alone. We see that in the rhythms of your life. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, so what brings you joy? What puts a smile on your face? What are some things that you love to do?
2: Whoa. Um, I love going to uh, art galleries. Um, I think that's probably a thing that's like my new fun thing that i like to do um i also love folk music like really like old folk music like like with like a, a flute and stuff
1: uh Stop. <laughs> so, yeah so, uh, i love I, this <laughs> I,
2: I, one day i'll come out with a track like that um that that is uh <laughs> definitely right now it's been giving me a lot of uh inspiration just in my life in general I, I also love like uh movie tracks uh like um how to train your dragon that song isn't ins- the the, the, the movie, movie tracks on that is insane the, the score
1: oh yes
2: uh and so i just that that's the stuff that really that makes me really happy especially recently so
0: okay ladies here's your guy right here art galleries folk music <laughs> <laughs> Flutes. We have flutes. We're going to have a song with some, with a flute. I love this so much. It's so good. Oh, well, I, I've loved our time together today. It's just been, it's been amazing. I knew it would be because I just thought you're, there's so much depth and the gravity of your story and what you share. And I know that also you are very passionate about uh, sharing love on the topic of suicide and for our listeners who will now be acquainted with your story and your music um what are some what are some words that you would like to share for those that could be listening that struggle with that in their life and feel like they're at the end of their rope and that's just a place that that they go to um what are what are some words of hope that you would like to share with our listeners
2: this is the this is the tough part of like being on an interview talking about the things that I'm passionate about because um, I am very passionate about seeing suicide leave. But uh, for me to really sit here and like give like a uh, like a one line of hope to to that kind of situation is like one of the hardest things in the world because I'm like I I have no idea what what these people may be going through, um, but mm-hmm. I I can, I can say that what has helped me um, is jesus Um, and he has the one that has satisfied my soul and these things that you're going through he understands what you are going through more than anyone else understands and he actually um, is there right beside you through the pain he's not he's not causing the pain um he cares about you in the pain um and so I would say to call out to him and he's listening, he's listening and he's, he's, he's willing to talk to you as soon as you're ready. Um, and I would say that is where I found my hope and you can find
0: that as well. Yes. Thank you, Brett. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. We want our listeners to know that you are not alone. As Brett said, we want you to know that, that, that there is hope. And as he shared in his own life, um, uh, for him that have been so essential is community and staying connected to people and not allowing ourselves to get to a place of isolation, uh, knowing that solitude and isolation are so very different in our lives and not allowing ourselves to, uh, to stay in that space that reach out to someone and know that, uh, Know that you're not alone. And we hope today that in our conversation that you have in some way felt seen in our stories, that you have felt loved and known and heard. And Brett and I want you to know that God sees you, that the love of Jesus wants to come for you. And just as in his life that he called out, he called out and called on the name of Jesus and he was rescued. Um, And we want you to know, we want you to know today that you're loved. And Brett, thank you again for having this conversation. We cannot wait. In just a couple of days, your new album comes out. Let's go. That's so exciting. So please tell our listeners where they can find you, all the things.
2: Yeah, um, I'd say the best place to keep up to date with what I'm doing is Instagram. So we have Meta is my slogan uh, we have purpose, so um, yeah. You can follow me on any social media with that. Um, well, except well, mainly Instagram and TikTok. But in terms of the music, it's all it's going to be on every platform. So whether it be YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Deezer, tidal, you name it, it's on there. So um, you just search up Meta, and yeah, super stoked.
0: It's out there. And to our listeners, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, We hope that this was the best part of your day, possibly, and that you gain some peace, hope, and joy, and clarity along the way, and keep creating and invite Jesus into the process. So, Brett, thanks again for being on.
2: Thank you. Yeah, this was awesome. Yeah,
0: it was great. Until next time, friend. Cheers.